Welcome to the 12 Days of Edition Wars. In this year's series, we are taking a deep dive into the iconic spells of Dungeons & Dragons. What were they like at first? How have they changed? Are they better than ever? We're going to talk about all that and more. Today, we are going to talk about a spell that is not in the first book of OD&D. However, it is in Supplement 3, which is Eldritch Wizardry. And that spell is Fairy Fire. And Eldritch Wizardry is also one that introduces us to the Druid class for players. Is that right? Exactly. And that is what this is. It is a Druid spell. Uh, so here's what it says. It says, by using this spell, the caster limbs the object he desires with a pale glow. This luminescence causes no damage and shows only the outlines of the object. Area coverage is 10 square feet plus the level of the druid. Duration, six turns, range, six inches. It is not at all clear why you would do this. No, no, no bonuses, no, uh, no combat mechanisms in there. Uh, this is this is purely presented as a kind of curiosity spell, uh, a sort of um, utility spell. Yeah, it's it's a light source, and if you want, you can cast it on something that's moving, and you can always follow that thing. Um, this is a first level spell for the druid, well, which is yeah, which so, is interesting because it doesn't do anything. Because that, well, I mean, it, it's it is a light spell that outlines something. Like it's that's fine. I I don't. It, it's actually so. Here's the thing: is it, uh, given the things that that the druid can do, like it kind of like okay, if the druid is trying to track a squirrel back to some certain area, or if the druid, uh, you know, is speaking to a squirrel. And the squirrel says, oh, I'm going to come show you, right? Or, I mean, you know, whatever. Uh, then he can cast fairy fire on the squirrel and follow the squirrel with, without error. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, that makes sense. I mean, it's not, you know, it's it's a utility spell. But let's see what happens. Um, it does say it targets objects, right? And not creatures. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. You're right. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Well, that's a bummer. It, it, it's still great for, I'd like our fighter to be the glowiest yeah. guy in the room but right yeah well you can glow you can make his shield glow or his armor glow so the thing that fairy fire is going to wind up doing where it stops things from going invisible mm -hmm. this sort of does because they don't necessarily get to make the fairy fire itself go invisible with them if they were to turn invisible while this is on them or on say their right. shirt right sure yeah but yeah yeah, it's left very. It's very vague. Judgment. Yeah. yeah, it's very vague. So this spell is not in Holmes Basic because it's a yeah. druid spell, and there are no druids in Holmes Basic. Uh, this spell is also not in BX D and D. That that is Moldvay Cook, right? So in Beckme, here's what it says: It's a druid spell, first level druid spell. So it doesn't show up until the companion book because that's when druids are introduced. You have to be a cleric first, a ninth level cleric first, before you can even be a druid. So here's what it is: It's first level druid spell, fairy fire, range of sixty feet, duration one round per level of caster. Effect says illuminates creatures or objects. With this spell, the druid can outline one or more creatures or objects with a pale, flickering greenish fire. The fire does not inflict any damage. The objects or creatures need only be detected in some way to be the object of this spell. 
All attacks against the outline creature or object gain a plus two bonus to hit rolls as it is more easily seen. The druid can outline one man-sized creature, about 12 feet of fire, for each five levels of experience. Thus, at 20th level, 48 feet of fire can be produced, outlining one dragon-sized creature, two horse-sized or four man-sized creatures. Uh, and then you get to first edition. So here's what it says. Fairy fire, level one. Okay, so still first level. Eight range, four rounds per level duration. The area of effect is 12 linear feet per level with a four inch or four foot, four yard radius. Components are verbal. Casting time is three segments. No saving throw. When the druid casts this spell, he or she outlines an object or creature. So now it applies to a creature with a pale glowing light. The completeness of the lining is dependent upon the number of linear feet the druid is able to affect. About 12 per level. That is one six-foot man or two three-foot kobolds. If there is a sufficient power, several objects or creatures can be covered in the fairy fire, but one must be fully outlined before the next is begun, and all must be within the area of effect. Outlined objects or creatures, including those otherwise invisible, are visible at eight feet in the dark, four feet if the viewer is near the bright light source. Outline creatures are easier to strike, thus opponents gain a plus two on a two-hit die. The fairy fire can be blue, green, or violet according to the word of the druid at the time he or she casts the spell. The fairy fire does not itself cause any harm to the object or creature lined. It's whole, whole sense of an area based on linear feet and seeming to say you have to basically paint them up one side and down the other. Yeah. Because it talks about using 12 feet to cover one six-foot-tall man or two three-foot-tall kobolds. That's sort of an odd way to, to frame things, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... It's trying to be it's trying to be specific so that you don't abuse it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's it's an odd choice because of how surface area actually works. Right. right? Of course. Like, <laughs> yes, it's not just the outline. Well, <laughs> the, whole, the whole surface is a lot. Right. Yeah. And, and surface area like coastline length is a fractal. The more right. detail <laughs> you go into, the the larger it gets. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so let's see if there's any changes in second edition. So second edition fairy fire is here. Uh, is it still first level? I think it's still first level. Let me just check. First level. Yep, yeah, it's still first level. So in second edition, here's what it says. Uh, sphere is weather. Range is 80 yards, duration four rounds per level, air of effect 10 square feet per level with a, within a 40-foot radius, uh, casting time four, no saving throw still. This spell enables the caster to outline one or more objects or creatures with a pale glowing light. Okay, same thing. The number of subjects outlined depends upon the number of square feet the caster can affect. Same idea. Sufficient footage enables several objects or creatures to be outlined by the fairy fire spell, but one must be fully outlined before the next is begun. Same idea. And all must be within the area of effect. Same idea. So that basically they're taking it directly from first edition. Outlined objects or creatures are visible at 80 yards in the dark and 40 yards if the viewer is near a bright light. That's actually the same. I think I said feet on the other one. Or maybe I said yards. I can't remember. Um, outlined creatures are easier to strike. 
Thus, opponents gain a plus two bonus to attack rolls in darkness, including moonlit nights, and a plus one bonus in twilight or better. So that's slightly different. In in one e, yeah. it was just a plus two bonus. Note that yeah. outlining can render otherwise invisible creatures visible. However, it, and now now they're spe- they're specifying the visibility issue here, which they right. did not do in first edition. It says, however, it cannot outline non corporeal, ethereal, or gaseous creatures. Nor does the light come anywhere close to sunlight. Therefore, it has no special effect on undead or dark dwelling creatures. The fairy fire can be blue, green, or violet according to the word of the caster at the time of casting. Fairy fire does not cause any harm to the object or creatures thus outlined and the material components a small piece of fox fire okay so uh same idea they have now made it a little bit more specific regarding um what exactly uh it the but the bonus is is a little more tweaked and um the idea of the invisibility being addressed is is now is now complete so not bad did you did you ever use this a lot in a campaign not till uh yeah. fourth and fifth on fourth and fourth and fifth edition, uh, the spell really starts feeling mm-hmm. like a good a good bet. Um, didn't see a lot of druids in right. early editions, to be honest with you. Um, druids were amazing in third, but my groups didn't play them, um, and they didn't because they didn't. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh, well, let's let's actually take a look at third then. It's it's when we get to fourth and fifth that. Uh, druids start really showing up as rock stars in my gaming groups. Right. Okay. So, fairy fire in third edition. This is the three point five uh, player's handbook. Uh, Druid one, casting time one, standard action range is four hundred feet by forty foot per level. Creatures and objects within a five foot radius burst. Longer range, but a smaller radius. Much longer range. Much smaller area. Yep. One minute per level duration. Here's what it says. A pale glow surrounds and outlines the subjects. Outlined subjects shed light as candles. So now it tells us how bright it is. Okay. So rather than just saying, oh, it's nowhere near sunlight. And now we get exactly because candle has a specific light radius. Outlined creatures do not benefit from the concealment normally provided by darkness. Though a second level or higher magical darkness effect functions normally. Blur, displacement, invisibility, or similar effects. So in other words, it basically says... Normally, anything that you could cast in an area that would give everyone a sort of concealment, fairy fire basically evaporates that particular benefit. So, okay, so now we know what the specific use of it is. The light is too dim to have any special effect on undead or dark-dwelling creatures vulnerable to light. The fairy fire, so it's not sunlight, it's not going to blind anybody, right? It's not going to cause any undead who shrinks away from sunlight to, to actually shrink away. The fairy fire can be blue, green, or violet according to your choice at the time of casting. And the fairy fire does not cause any harm to the objects or creatures thus outlined. So no bonus to hit, but what? It, but it does that sort of because it takes away the concealment that would be provided if there was some other effect around that would give you concealment. It takes that away, negates it. So that's kind of like a plus two to hit. Well, so, so it needs to be said, the way concealment works mm-hmm. in third uh, makes this a real hidden gem of a spell because concealment is a fixed mischance that uh, comes after your attack roll, right? So you have to hit your attack roll and then pass a percentile mischance. So this is shoving mischance from concealment, uh, every form of concealment off the table completely. That's actually incredible. Uh, and it is amazing in the late game where 
you know, you're always going to hit an attack roll. You just, you don't miss attack rolls other than your very lowest uh, base tech bonus modifiers. But you can absolutely get bit by a, a concealment percentage, whether it's, you know, uh, 20 or 50 or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Um, and a buff like Blur is going to be a real powerhouse for uh, keeping enemies going, right? Uh, because it's about having all of the in- incoming damage. Well, that uh, Fairy Fire is a first level druid answer to all of that is pretty incredible, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't look like much on, on first read, but in the mid to late game, this is a don't leave home without it. You don't know when you're going to need one right. of these kind right. of deal. You know, maybe you only prepare one. Maybe it's maybe you just mm-hmm. have a scroll. I don't care. Have one. Yeah. Yep. So that that's what I see there. Um, and I mean, third edition is famously an edition where uh, druids are some of the heaviest heavy hitters with all the stuff mm-hmm. they can do in the mid and late game right. anyway. Uh, so this is just a common problem to which they have one of the best solutions. Yeah. All right. So let's take a look at what happens in fourth edition. And in fourth edition, uh, this spell is in the player's handbook two. And the reason it's in the player's handbook two is because the druid is in the player's handbook two, not the player's handbook one. So we have to go to the player's handbook two. And uh, what we learn is that fairy fire is a first level spell. A burst of colorful light envelops your foes, distracting and slowing them. As each creature breaks free of the effect, the light flares one last time, searing the flesh and dazzling the eyes. This is a daily power. Uh, it is a primal power source, radiant, does radiant damage, has the implement keyword standard action. It is a area spell that has an effect to burst one within 10 squares. So you can determine the squares within 10 of you that you're going to uh, hit and it will hit one around whatever your target square is. Each creature in the burst will be affected. And the target is slowed and grants combat advantage, which is uh, the attacker gets a plus two if you're granting combat advantage. Um, the after effect is 3d6 plus wisdom mod radiant damage, and the target grants combat advantage until the end of your next turn. Even if you miss this, so this is a, a sort of reliable spell because, or well, it's not reliable. I take that back. Reliable means something very specific in fourth edition. It's not that it's reliable. It's that if you don't hit, it still has an effect on a miss. You do 1d6 plus wisdom mod radiant damage. The target grants combat advantage until the end of your next turn. Yep. I've, I've talked before about how great I think the fourth edition druid is. Um, this spell is uh, one that I'm pretty sure I used in playing my druid in fourth edition. Um, it, it It's a real... Was a real performer. Um, like slowed and grants combat advantage is incredible for setting up your other druid powers. To say nothing of setting up the strikers in your party um, to just devastate a target. Oh, and they ended that with a save. That's bad for them, actually. Now they take a pile of damage. Right. Um, so there's a lot of really good possibilities here for you as the as the druid player um i mean slowed is 
great to have, uh, but combat advantage is where it's really at. Uh, so I regarded this as a wonderfully useful uh, daily spell in a class that actually has a, a lot of really good options at, at all of its levels. I druid druid really shined for me. This is this is a decent. This is decent. Um, even as a daily, it's decent, um, and it is, you know, it, it's pretty good. I mean. It's better than than what we see in the PHB one because, of course, by now, by the time PHB sure. two comes around, now they they're sort of getting their feet under them a little bit in terms of how to create a daily power that feels like something that you, that is so powerful you can only do it once a day, you know. Um, yeah, so yeah. yeah, it's good. I like it. It's in, in terms of fourth edition powers, it's it's pretty decent. Yep. Um, I I think I probably would have been happier if they'd found a way to have it not do damage just. Sort of the the whole deal with a fairy fire, or basically saying almost fire, it doesn't hurt you. Like that, that's that's the idea. Um, it's kind of weird and freaky, but it isn't harmful. Um, and here they have it irradiant right. damage. But I mean, I, I would be happy with it lasting longer, but not doing damage. Right? Make it make it yeah. that if if you hit the target is. Uh, the target is slowed and grants combat advantage. You know, um, I mean, I, it's hard to think about what's appropriate for fourth edition. You know, uh, yeah. you can't really say till the end of the encounter because something granting combat advantage until the end of the encounter, that's way like that. No way. That's not going to work. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. that it, it could be reworked a little bit like to, to make it a little, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it is kind of weird because because having it do that much damage is a bit of a departure. But again, right? They made it something you can only do once a day, uh, and so it's it went from being like I know it's only a level one, but it's a level one daily. So it went from being something that was kind of this janky utility spell before third edition to being really helpful in third edition to now being powerfully damaging, and that's a that is a bit of a divert it's it's a diverted kind of effect from what the previous editions were i don't right. though i don't remember anyone complaining <laughs> right there were <laughs> no I, I, my my i kind of wish it worked a little bit differently is not a serious complaint it's fine so let's talk about fifth edition then um, and I didn't mean that, that you were complaining. I, I more meant it that, oh, yeah. uh, you know, there were a lot of spells that people would complain about based on the changes, uh, oh, from, for sure. from fourth edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's not one of them. <laughs> so I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Um, so fairy fire in fifth edition, uh, first level spell casting time, one action range, 60 foot, a 20 foot cube in it within 60 feet, uh, concentration spell durations, one minute. It's an evocation has a deck save. It is a debuffing spell. It says each object in a 20 foot cube within range is outlined in blue, green, or violet. Your choice. Any creature in the area when the spell is cast is also outlined in light. If it fails a dexterity saving throw for the duration, objects and affected creatures shed dim light in a 10 foot radius. So now it's shedding light in a 10 foot radius, not just outlining the creature, but it's actually shedding light. Any attack roll against an affected creature or object has advantage if the attacker can see it, and the affected creature or object can't benefit from being invisible. I mean, that the second paragraph that is that is a pair of very serious benefits. Mm -hmm. 
so, you know, you get a deck save. If you fail that deck save, that's, that's, that's a lot of attacks with advantage coming your way. It's more chances to crit. Um, hits are much more mm-hmm. likely. Oh, and you weren't escaping this by turning right. invisible. Yep. But, yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it's a, it's a great tool for spotting um, invisible or uh, greater invisible creatures if you are fairly sure you know about where they are if you've got you know a pretty good guess that they're so they're they're in this uh uh 20 foot cube um but man that is that's a really nice first level spell um a 20 foot cube is a pretty big area frankly mm-hmm. um it's only the spells only two real weaknesses are the deck save, which okay, plenty of monsters are pretty good at, and um, the concentration duration. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, uh, my thing is, and just to remind the audience here in fifth edition, being invisible means that any attack roll against you, if you're invisible, has disadvantage, and your attack rolls have advantage. Yep. So the fact that this completely negates that can turn the tide. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah oh, it's, it's huge. huge. That. Um, I've put my players in more than a few encounters with either a, a mage or an assassin who have greater invisibility cast on them, and I mean they very often don't have a druid in the party, and that's rough for them. But this would be a great solution next time I do that. Yep. Um, so th- so let's think about where ha- how where the spell came from, right? So so let's yeah. go back to let's go back to OD&D here. So here's the fairy fire spell. The very beginning of this is the caster basically outlines the object with a pale glow. It causes no damage and it covers a certain area. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Right? And and there's the there there's a possibility that you can read into it if you're DM feels mm-hmm. like it that maybe it could do something to uh, people who turn invisible, right? But or the things you know, they're wearing, the thing, turning invisible right. wasn't necessarily maybe the common. things they're wearing are what gets outlined, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but like we said, the spell doesn't have a super clear utility. It, it's sort of it, it might be this and it might be that. Maybe it's supposed to be a light source kind of thing. Maybe it's supposed to kind of freak people out. Right. And that's the thing is it did have a function. It had a purpose when it was being written and put in here. Right. Right. Whoever wrote this particular entry had an idea of what they wanted it to do. Right. But like, you know, who knows? Like, yeah, it's very, it's very much less useful feeling because it's just such a very concise write up. Uh yeah 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 um whatever they had in their head they didn't really communicate but the the basic idea is going to get carried through into okay so that makes them easier to hit mm-hmm. right right pretty soon and that's that's going right. to then be a very strong through line right. well pr- pretty soon no kidding because pr- really quickly right in the first edition book right, right. it's not yeah, suddenly yeah. a plus two and. and Plus two on a uh, attack roll is certainly not impossible to come by in first, but 
it's not exactly falling off trees either. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's pretty good. For a duration of four rounds mm-hmm. per level. I mean, even at first level, you've got a pretty strong chance of that being right. the whole fight. Um, right. There isn't a, a save here. And with, I mean, no save, that's a huge help. Um, but, you know, four, eight, 12 rounds. I mean, yeah, that's the whole fight. Who are we kidding? Right. Um, I mean, 12 minutes of a chase is that's right. forever. Right. Yep. Yeah. And this is enough of a spell to make it so that the DM says, okay, so they're outlined. You're going to catch them. Right. Or yep. they're not going to be able to hide very well. So you're going to eventually catch them. Let's go ahead and move to the yep. next kind of thing that's happening. Then what are you doing when you catch them? Right. Whereas maybe if you didn't yeah. cast it on them, they'd get away. So it, 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 it yeah, yeah, it does I, have I utility. I mean, it's just, it's, and, and, you know, maybe the same thing uh, with the OD and D version, right? Like maybe that's the actual intent. Maybe that's actually what was going on in game. I don't think I ever played a, a druid in OD and D. So I don't know. Um, but like that's that maybe that's what it is. And the reason it got expanded for first edition is because that's what people were doing. And they were making the case that, well, if the thing is lit up, it should be easier to hit. Right. So now that's what gets built into your first edition. And then in second edition, they basically just sort of, you know, they, they spell it out even more. Right. So it, it has a decent progression, right? Not because it's missing from the basics. It doesn't feel like we talked about as many different variations or, or different similarities or whatever. It's sort of like, you know, but it's in the big hitters, right? It's in the first edition PHP. It's in the second edition PHP. It's in the third edition. It's even in the fourth edition. So, you know, it is a spell that has a lot of staying power. And by the time you get to fifth edition, oof, it's good. Right? Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, th- there's no question in my mind that in fourth and fifth, it is a clear performer that everyone who reads it can say to themselves, yep. I see what that's for. I know what to do with that. And that looks great. Um, in third, I'd, I'd make the case that it is a performer with a very good use case, but as is so typical of third edition, um, third ed wants you to discover that use. And it, it's another little bit of system mastery to understand the right time and place for a spell like fairy fire. Yeah. Right? Yep. Exactly. Um, and then in first edition, I mean, it to hit bonus is a pretty compelling mm-hmm. use case all day yep. long. In in second ed, they actually ease off some of that to hit bonus, right? Right. It's plus one all day long and then plus two if it's especially right. dark, um, which, I mean, we didn't have a lot of druids in, in second ed either. Uh, I think th- if I had to guess, I'd say that my friends read that uh, Druid higher level advancement thing and said, what? <laughs> right. And just bailed on all of that giant question mark of a how do I advance? Um, but that's fine. Yep. I-, I think that once they get their their clear use case down, they just sort of there's a few additions back and forth of how powerful and uh, 
you know, how obvious is it that it's helping you hit things? And then they finally land on real obvious and nice big area, but we'll give it a save. Um, in much the same way that in fourth edition, it mm-hmm. had to hit. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't remember anybody complaining about the fourth edition version because I think it was the right power level for what a daily druid spell kind of can be envisioned to be. And I think it hit that pretty well. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it and it what's funny is it it didn't it didn't uh it didn't cause a lot of the backlash like what was caused with the magic missile right um where y- you know you you get this idea of no this spell has a very iconic role and it has a very iconic kind of setup to it and feeling to it and the fourth edition version destroyed that you know in in the minds of the critics right uh, this didn't get that, even though it is fundamentally changed in fourth edition because it does damage and then it slows and grants combat advantage. Um, uh, none of the fairy fires before fourth edition slow the the target, right? They don't slow anybody down. Does third edition slow anybody yep. down? I don't think so, right? No, no yeah, not, not at all. Um, no. And none and and none of them do damage. The slowing yeah. only appears. Yeah, and in none fourth. of them do damage until sure. until fourth, right? So so it is a fund a huge fundamental change in fourth. Uh, and, and the reason that it's there in fourth, right, is because druids are controllers, and that slowing to disrupt an enemy plan through control, because you're casting this probably when they're mm-hmm. way over there, and then you're reducing their mobility immensely, because that's how slow works in in fourth. Uh, that is just a way of expressing and emphasizing control as a class. Yeah. Theme, yep. Right. As a class role, I should say. So yeah, I, I think that probably brings us right to the end of uh, a fairy fire. It's a, it's a good, good, solid performer once it. It is, yeah, and and I, yeah, it's it's interesting because honestly, I didn't pay very much attention to it until fifth edition, actually, because druids just yeah. aren't that common in my games until fifth edition. And then I ran fifth. I think my every fifth edition game I've run has had a druid in it. So, uh, I am running two games that have Circle of the Stars Druids, and in one that has a Circle of the Stars mm-hmm. Druid, and then there's also a Circle of Wildfire Druid, and a, a character who is, um, his class is Warlock, but we let him use the Circle of Dreams um, Druid basic ability. Uh, like, like the, their starter ability in place of uh, his Archfey Warlock power just because it made a lot more sense for the, the particular Archfey he works for. So I am full up on Druids, and frankly, man, that class kicked um, The Circle of the Stars, is, I, I say this a lot, but like, okay, you have all of these other constellations you could pick than Archer, but you're going archer form again, <laughs> always. It's, it's, it's the only, it's, I've, I've literally never seen him use any other uh, form, right? Because archer feels great. It's just an extra D8 plus wisdom, uh, you know, bow shot as a bonus mm-hmm. action each turn. Mm-hmm. 
Never yep. gets old. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it does not. That is true. All right. Well, unless you have any any final thoughts on Fairy Fire, any further final thoughts? I no, think we both sort of had a couple of sets of final thoughts already. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm yeah, set on this cool. one. Um, all right. Well, I think that'll be the end of the episode then. Where can people find you on the internet? There used to be a site called Twitter. I'm not really there anymore. Uh, you can find me on Blue Sky at brandisstoddard.bsky.social. I also write for tribality.com. My personal blog is brandisstoddard.com. And my Patreon is brandisstoddard. How about you, Sam? I am on the internets at rpgmusings.com. I am also on Twitter at DM Samuel. I'm also on Blue Sky at DM Samuel. Same same one as you, I think. I'm also on Mastodon at DM... Look, just search DM Samuel. 